Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am Derek M. Cook, your host and producer of Monster Kid Radio. We're going to be joined by Chris McMillan from The Shadow Over Portland here in a few minutes to continue our discussion about The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, starring Don Knotts. Yes, Don Knotts is in the Monster Kid Radio crosshairs this week. Thanks to Chris for bringing this movie to the table. Now, that song that you heard at the beginning of the show is Christopher's Galaxy from the band Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpion. It appears on their brand new album, Blood Drinkers Only. It appears on Monster Kid Radio with permission of the band. You can learn more about them by going to ghostscorpion.bandcamp.com. Of course, you can find links to them in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. I want to hurry up and get into our discussion of part two of The Ghost and Mr. Chicken with Chris McMillan here in a second. But first, I want to tell you about our contact information. You can email us at monsterkidradio at gmail.com or call us at 503-479-5MKR. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a page and a group. Stick around because after the discussion with Chris... We're going to finally announce the winner of the Matango Mini Bust, created by Monster Kid and sculptor and former guest of Monster Kid Radio, Tom Bigler. I'm excited to see who's going to win. Are you excited? I hope you are, especially if you entered the contest and I had more entries than I expected, which is all kinds of awesome. I've actually had all kinds of support for Monster Kid Radio, more than I expected, and I really appreciated all the reviews in the iTunes store, all the likes on Facebook. You guys have made Monster Kid Radio feel very welcome in the greater potosphere, and I really appreciate it. Remember, if you want to know more about Chris, you can find him over at The Shadow Over Portland. It is the Pacific Northwest's premier horror news website. If you are in the Portland, Oregon area and want to know what's going on in the world of horror, check out The Shadow Over Portland. Chris will keep you up to date with all the happenings. And we're getting close to October, so you know he's going to be busy trying to keep you all busy. There is a link to the Shadow Over Portland over at our website. Again, that's monsterkidradio.net. And you know what? Speaking of Chris, why don't we go ahead and get to him and the discussion about the ghost of Mr. Chicken, part two, right after this. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. 
Janice, Merida, Pepe, Bruce, Ralph the Dog, Wally, Dr. The Disney Bunsen Indiana Podcast. Syndrome. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. This was actually one that I had seen, I think, on television. I don't think I ever... I might have owned it on VHS at one point, but I haven't watched it in about a decade. When you brought it up, it's like, man, I'm going to have to track that down and, and add it back to my movie collection. <laughs> I haven't seen this in years. Well, actually, I saw it in a drive-in in Florida when it first came out. Wow. Yeah, you know, we were living in Florida. The drive-in was there. You know, I mean, it was it was a drive-in, you know, the playground in front of the screen where you could the kids could have fun before you know the movie started i was probably about what five or six years old and you'd have the kid-friendly movie the disney movie first previews and then the parents either would probably put their kids to bed like my folks did while they watched the more adult movie right you know so you could have a double feature like um the ghost of mr chicken and then afterwards the parents could be watching the good the bad and the ugly right i remember that i remember going to the drive-in uh with my parents in a van and after the main movie, after our movie, we were told to go to sleep in the back and they'd pull the curtain back or whatever and they'd watch whatever I was watching. And I always try to peek my peek through to see what they were watching and always <laughs> well, get caught. of course, because you can't watch it. You're not supposed to. You're going to want to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, what really cemented this film in my memory was when we moved up here to Portland, this was one of those movies that was on almost yearly rotation on the local television station out here, KPTV. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it'd be a Saturday morning and the ghost of Mr. Chicken would be on and be like, "Okay, I'll watch this for a while. So grade school, junior high, this thing was on almost every year. It was just a standard rotation. So I saw it several times that way. And then, you know, I haven't seen it for two decades. Pick up the DVD used because I found it somewhere. And it's like, wow, I remember this. Yep. Aside from the script, and I think we should talk the soundtrack. Oh, we're getting there. Okay. You yeah, want to oh, go yeah. there? I, I, yeah, let's, why not? Let's talk the soundtrack. Because so, the soundtrack though, is so good. Oh, yeah, it's great. the movie feels very monsters-ish in spots mm -hmm. the soundtrack is by Vic Mizzy who is the composer from the Adams Family and Green Acres oh did he do Green Acres he did Green Acres as well yeah nice from what I've seen he was a pretty uh, prolific writer of soundtracks for television yeah he did several other films with Don Knotts as well I think he did The Reluctant Astronaut and I can't remember what else but he did he did a few Don Knotts comedies but what I really love about the soundtrack is you've got the main theme, which is really light and kind of bouncy. But there are a few bars in there that get played on the spooky organ that actually are kind of creepy. They're taken from the main theme, but they're played in such a way at that point that they just sound spooky. soundtrack really works well for the film i mean it, it keeps things light it gets spooky when it has to be spooky but then goes back to being light again 
I remember the music. I mean, even before I saw the film, you know, when I hear the main theme to The Ghost of Mr. Chicken, I know exactly what it is. It is something that's been on my iPod. I mean, I soundtrack collector. I think people are tired of hearing me say that, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's on my iPod and I've got the soundtrack, even though I hadn't watched the movie in forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is near iconic for me. It sounds a little bit like Adam's Family and Spot, as it should, because it's the same guy. Oh, I yeah. think when you think Vic Mizzy, Adam's Family is probably the most iconic piece of music he did, just because it's how it got played over and over and over again and mm-hmm. made appearances in the two feature films of the Adams Family and that sort of thing. Yeah. But Vic Mizzy's, uh, the depth of his filmography is quite fascinating. He actually did one of the Munsters movies down the mm-hmm. line as well. Yeah, I think he did one with William Castle also. If I remember right, I don't know which Castle movie it was. It wasn't one of the Vincent Price ones. No, huh? But but he did. Yeah, I mean he he did a lot of soundtracks. I yeah, mean, I this did. guy this guy was busy. It is fun, bouncy music. It's spooky where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this movie is that there seems to be music playing almost all the way through. Pretty much. It's it's just blanketed with Mizzy's music, which mm-hmm. as a soundtrack guy, I love. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love having that play all the way through. But when it does get to the spooky organ music, which does make an appearance at the very end of the movie in a great way, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. well, which I love, which we can't talk about because we ruin the movie if we do. Yeah, no, that's a nice little surprise at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great music. Now, you've actually asked me about Vic Mizzy and this score mm-hmm. over yeah. the years. I mean, even before launching Monster Kid Radio, you've mentioned the ghost of Mr. Chicken in conversation before. Mm-hmm. What was the reason for bringing this up all the time? Are you working on a project? or? Well, I'm working on a review right now because I found, you know, because I got the DVD. I don't have the soundtrack, but I also didn't realize it was available, that there's a CD out there of the soundtrack. So, of course, I'm going to go get it because the music <laughs> is just, like I said, it's one of those soundtracks that once you hear it, you're going to remember it. It's going to get played somewhere and or you're going to hear it somewhere and go, oh, yeah, that's the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Yep. One thing I did find while I'm working on my review of this, there is online some people that claim this was basically that Mizzy used a old jazz song called uh, Mr. Ghost Goes to Town that was written by a songwriting team of Will Hudson, Irving Mills, and Michael Parrish. Parrish did the lyrics, and then Irving Mills basically was a music publisher and had connections with people like Cap Calloway and Duke Ellington. And if you listen to the Mr. Ghost Goes to Town, and you sent me that um, YouTube thing, and there's several versions of it out there, um, it does have that light, bouncy feel, and there is like one or two bars that kind of sound familiar, but I don't think Mizzy used that. He may have been inspired by it. And it would be hard not to assume that this might have been something that inspired the way he wrote because the music's light and airy, just like most of his themes. And it was played by, you know, it was it was pretty much a standard, I guess, at Halloween from what I've heard. And considering that Irving Mills, you know, had connections with, you know, several jazz bands, um, that it was probably played quite a bit. That's kind of the impression that I got. You had asked me about it a couple of times, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I went off on my own little looking at film music research oh. thing, and I can't find anything that definitively links what Mizzy did to that. No, you I know, can't either. You know, as you said, somebody on Wikipedia said it, but there's no source, and well, Wikipedia, 
<laughs> yeah, and and I did a I did search a lot. I did I looked at a few music sites, you know, if I, just looking for any reference. And the only references that I could find is someone saying, "Yeah, I know this was used for this movie." And it's like, "But how do you know? No one cites anything. It's just, "Yes, I know." I can see it possibly being an inspiration for it. Right. But to say he flat out used it, I don't think so. And I'm not a huge jazz aficionado. I just don't have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. But my understanding is that a lot of jazz kind of borrows from each other anyway. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. if Mizzy has a jazz background or you know listened to, to jazz music during this era, mm-hmm. obviously there would be an influence. I mean we're all kind of influenced when it comes to the creation we put into ourselves before we create and create something new. And so obviously there would be some influence there. But mm-hmm. I just can't yeah. find a definitive link. Yeah, and and you know honestly, all the people I mentioned, the three guys who did Mister Ghost Comes to Town ta- or Goes to Town and Mizzy were all based in New York at the same time. Ah, uh, I mean they probably were playing at similar clubs and stuff. So it's it's you know I can't I, I can't say he didn't hear that. Exactly. And I can't say he didn't take inspiration from it, but I don't think he lifted it. You know, yeah. and when someone says he used it, that's always seems to be the implication. You know, that he, that he took this and used it. And right. I don't think so. I think he was inspired by it. I could see that. But I, I think it's kind of overblown. I agree. As things on the internet get. That's true. That's true. And, I mean, that song does get covered by a couple of other bands down the line as well. When I was looking into it, I found other YouTube clips showing mm-hmm. that song or playing that song produced or covered by other bands. So. I don't know. It's just kind of a mess out there when you're trying to track that kind of thing down without the definitive resources. Either way, Vic Mizzy's score in The Ghost of Mr. Chicken, I love it. I actually like it better than the the work that he did in The Addams Family. And I love The Addams Family music, but mm-hmm. I've got the soundtrack album that was released for that as well. The nature of The Addams Family music, a lot of it is the repeated themes over and over and over again. Yeah. Just because that's how that sitcom worked. Mm-hmm. You know, when... Gomez shows up, there's a particular kind of music. When Lurch shows up, there's a particular kind of music. And of course, the opening and closing credits. With The Ghost of Mr. Chicken, you get a little bit more variety. You can still tell it's all from the same film, and there are some repeated themes and elements. Mm -hmm. But there's a broader variety of tunes and themes in the film score that I actually enjoy more than what I get when I listen to the Adams Family soundtrack album. Now, I'm listening to these as CD releases or iTunes mm-hmm. on my iPod. So I'm consuming them in a different way than they were originally intended to be consumed as part right. of a film. So, you know, I'm coming to it from that side of it. But well, I do, I, I would put this higher than Adam's Family just based on that. Well, and, and I mean, you know, the Adam's Family was a TV show. They didn't do, you know, they didn't have as much time to work on a soundtrack. They didn't True. have as much time to give every episode particular attention because, you know, I mean, TV seasons ran a, ran a lot longer back then. Right now, our TV seasons are like uh, 22 episodes. Well, those th- they, they would run like 40, epi- 40 yeah, or 50 episodes that's sometimes. True. That's true. And, I mean, nowadays, I mean, with some of the premium networks, you get a 10-episode run, and that's the season. Yeah. yeah well, heck, these... on the BBC, you get two episodes sometimes, and that's it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they could – dedicate enough time to do a soundtrack for one particular episode right you know it was always okay we got to keep going we got to you know get the next one going so reoccurring use of themes you know makes sense true that's true well if people want to learn more about vic mizzy there is a website out there uh mm-hmm. and it's v-i-c-m-i-z-z-y.com there will be a link in the show notes to that 
Uh, it hasn't been updated in a while, but he did pass away not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's going to be a lot of news. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But there are, and I'm not playing them now because I don't want to impact the recording I'm doing with Chris, but there are supposedly some audio clips from various pieces of his music that you can check out, including the Ghost of Mr. Chicken. So mm-hmm. check and that out for yourself. Yeah, and I mean the theme's on YouTube, so you can always listen to it. Yep, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And I think I've got, uh, and I think this is how you said you heard it most recently, it's in rotation on our Live 365 channel. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can hear it there as well. Well, what else is there to say about the ghost of Mr. Chicken other than people well, should give it a shot or give it a second yeah, chance well, if you actually, haven't thought about it in a while? Actually, there is something else. Uh, you know, I did, I did some looking. Um, okay, okay. Because, here we go. Here we go. Watching it again gave me the idea. If you take out that middle bloated act, this is basically a Scooby-Doo cartoon. It is. I was going to ask you if I meant yeah, to bring that yeah. up earlier. There's a haunted place. Someone does an investigation. They get chased around. The villain is revealed, and uh, everything's good. You know, yep. it's a Scooby-Doo cartoon, you know, just with a padded-out middle act. Um, now, I did some looking, and apparently, you know, I do know that the in- part of the inspiration for the cartoon series was the uh, Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, an uh-huh. old TV sitcom. You know, the show's creators and their writers said they based the kids on the kids in that sitcom. Particularly Shaggy, who's uh, Bob Denver's beatnik character. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I totally see that. You know. But the only, other, the only other inspiration I can find, and this one never got, once again, there's no citation, is that the, um, the people who were creating Scooby-Doo wanted to copy an old 40s radio drama called I Love a Mystery about three people who go about the world solving mysteries. Now, this is a mysteries. This isn't haunted houses and stuff. While I could see that some of the people might have remembered this radio show, The Ghost of Mr. Chicken came out three years before Scooby-Doo. And so it's kind of like, huh? I would love to, f- I can't find it, but I, I can't help but think that maybe someone in there saw it, saw this movie and went, you know, there's a really good way we can do this. You know, once again, an inspiration, not a ripoff, but it just feels like. They had to, you know, someone on the creative staff for that cartoon had to see this movie. It just feels like it would lead itself to it. I can't cite anything. But if you just look at the way the whole movie's set up, it just feels like that would be the case, that someone saw this movie and went, we can build the cartoon around this basic plot. We just don't have to have a whole bunch of middle part. We just do the scary stuff. You know? I could I could see that. I was going to ask you about the timeline. I man, I'm so out of date on my Scooby Doo. So <laughs> God, I'm yeah, bad well, monster talking... kid. I haven't thought about Scooby Doo in forever. But yeah. uh... well, we're you know, and I'm talking the original run. Oh, of course, you know, yeah, not, not, not any of the offshoots. But like I said, I can't. I I went looking. I can't find any citation saying yeah. And we saw this movie. But it just feels like it would be an inspiration because it's it's, it's the, the same basic setup. I was thinking and I was debating whether or not I should say it because I didn't want to spoil the end of the movie. But I kept expecting somebody to turn up and say, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for, <laughs> yeah. you know. You know, I thought the same thing during when everything's explained, you know. Yeah, there is that moment where you're watching one character and he's, it's like he just had his mask pulled off and he's going to say that line. Yes, yes. I don't know. I Like I said, I, if I ever find someone saying, oh, yeah, that's it, I will put it out there. But I can't help but think that someone saw it and went, 
this is perfect for this cartoon. Yeah, I agree. I could see that totally as a prototype to Scooby-Doo or something. I mean, it was directed by a guy who did a lot of sitcoms, so and he mm-hmm. continued to do sitcoms, so he's working in television. I could see somebody somewhere seeing something, saying something, being inspired by, again, like you said, it's not a ripoff or anything like that, no more so than you know Vic ripping off you know, that song for the score, it's not a ripoff, but it might have been inspired or influenced by or something somewhere. I could totally see that. Yeah. This entire time I'm watching it, it does have this kind of kitty, almost Disney feel to a lot of it, but not quite. But as soon as you say Scooby-Doo, it kind of snap focuses it away from Disney and more Hanna-Barbera. And that's exactly what kind of uh, mood this movie has is that Hanna-Barbera cartoon feel. Yeah, you know, every, yeah. It, Even the gags, like that elevator gag I was talking about. That's a very Hanna-Barbera thing. That's not a Disney mm-hmm. thing. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, the, the, the spooky house, the haunted passageways, yeah. you know, I mean, everything sounds like it. Now, granted, Scooby-Doo never had to deal with a murder-suicide. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's easy enough, you know. I'm, a... I'm sure if we look hard enough, we'll find some fi- fan fiction out there. And... Oh, I'm sure. Of that. I, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go looking for it, that, though. That's true. You don't want to go into those corners <laughs> of the Internet. Not without a flashlight. In a... Anyway. Yeah. Hazmat suit. But, uh... <laughs> but yeah, it's it, yeah, it just on watching it again, you know, watching it for the first time in two decades, I just kept looking at it going, this is just a Scooby-Doo cartoon oh well now we've got the don Nartz sequence oh now we're back to scooby-doo yep you know could totally see that so if you're a fan of scooby-doo you got definitely to this movie out oh yeah 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 because it's just it's the same basic thing just get ready to hit the fast forward when luther's at the chamber of commerce <laughs> Picnic. Yeah. that speech he gives is so hard to oh. <sighs> well you know i mean yeah it just doesn't work you know i, I mean it's a point i get what he's trying mm-hmm. to do I get the whole we're trying to show that, no, he's really not that good at writing and words and all that. But, And, you know, no, he hasn't changed. He's still the same old Luther, but it just yeah. drags. Yep. But there's still a lot to enjoy. This oh, is. yes. It's, it's a wonderful film. It's a lot of fun. Something you can put on in the morning with your bowl of Frankenberry cereal, kick back, <laughs> you know, enjoy it. So he goes to Mr. Chicken, real easy to get your hands on, oh, readily yeah. available on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, you can find it real quick, Amazon or whatever. I'm sure you can track it down. So, Yeah, and the DVD version is really pretty good. It's good quality stuff. There, There's not a lot of features. You know, you get the trailer. And some recommendations, which are basically plugs for others in the Don Knotts comedy collection that's been put up by Universal. This is part of. Right. Um, but it's a it's good picture quality. The film looks great. The sound is great. It's yep. it's well worth the purchase. Agreed. And I mean, it's Don Knotts in a movie that we can talk about on Monster Kid Radio, so you can't go wrong. Yeah. How often can you say that? You, you can't. You can't. I think this is it. I think we've hit our quota. I think so. All right. <laughs> well, Chris, where do people find you online? Well, they can find me at the Shadow Over Portland, shadowoverportland.blogspot.com. Excellent. Well, again, as always, there will be a link in the show notes to this episode. And if I ever get around to updating the links page at monsterkidradio.net, we'll make sure there's a link directly to Chris's website over there so you can always find it and find out what's going on in the Pacific Northwest, mostly Portland area, but every once in a while he covers Seattle as well. Oh, I try to get Seattle and, uh, you know, a few other important things close by, but I try to keep it within – like a drive distance for Portland people. Yep, and he because does movie. 
we got a whole lot of stuff out here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you do movie reviews over there as well, like with the Ghost of Mr. Chicken you're going to be doing. Uh, probably going out the same week this episode goes out. Yep, that's the plan. And uh, you've done the Final Destination movies and a few other things here and there. So even if you're not in Portland, it's still a valuable website to check out. Yeah, and um, I'm going to – well, I've got a couple of reviews in mind, uh, including um, this one you'll like, Sugar Hill. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because that is, that is a great movie. One of the so, best zombie voodoo films ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please come on over, visit, check it out. I try to put up – I'm going to challenge myself and try to make sure I've got a new review every week. Fantastic. All right, Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me on. It's been great and I mean, I love talking Don Knotts and Mr. Chicken. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Again, big thanks to Chris McMillan at the Shadow Over Portland for bringing the ghost and Mr. Chicken to Monster Kid Radio. True to his word, he has posted a review of the film over at his website. Not true to my word. I'm not including a link to his website in the show notes because there is now a link to his website on the website of Monster Kid Radio itself. Head to monsterkidradio.net and there is a place to look for links to other websites and podcasts. And Chris has been on the show enough. The Shadow Over Portland is a friend of Monster Kid Radio, so there you go. Something else that was brought up in the discussion that I wanted to mention real quick, another movie that kind of plays on that Scooby-Doo-ish kind of vibe, big spooky house, old dark house, but maybe not quite, 1959's Ghost of Drag Strip. Hollow, also known as the Haunted Hot Rod or the Hot Rod Gang goes on the hot, whatever. It's a fun movie and it predates this film by several years and features the monster design of Paul Blaisdell. We've gotten an email from one of the listeners about the Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Kevin W. says, hey, Derek, so happy to hear you discussing the movie. One of those great old movies that no one seems to ever talk about. Every fall, when the leaves start turning and the air starts to chill, I pull out my 16mm print of this great classic and set it up outside for all the kids, big and small in the neighborhood, on a large screen that I have set up. The kids just eat it up every time. And then he sent me a picture of the 16mm print and his original one sheet. And he says to keep up the great work. Well, one, I'll keep up the great work if you keep listening. But two, man, if you were anywhere near me, I'd love to go see this on the screen with a group of kids or adults or whatever. A 16-millimeter print watched outside in the fall weather. That would be awesome. He sent me that email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com where you can also email me or call us and leave us a voicemail at 503-479-5MKR. All right. I've got something that I've been looking forward to all week. It's time to announce the winner of the Matango Mini Bust donated to the show. One of a kind piece of art from Monster Kid, Monster Kid Radio guest and friend and sculptor Tom Beagler. I've got my entries here. Here's how people entered the contest. Matango's about killer mushrooms. To enter the contest, you had to come up with the name of another killer vegetable movie and maybe give me a byline or two and some of the examples for film entries i had were movies like the terror turnip tragedy of toledo the devil's potato or tomato vixens from space revenge of the deadly nightshade the thrill kale lures bonus look out for the hero's catchphrase ah kale no zucchini because, you know, zucchini. And then killer cucumbers from Krakow. I mean, these were great entries. So I've got all the entries here. I'm going to mix them up, and I'm going to draw a winner right now, completely random. The winner of the Matango Mini Bust is Larry C. 
Congratulations, Larry. Thank you to everybody who entered the contest, by the way. Keep listening to Monster Kid Radio because we're going to have other contests in the future. I know for a fact that Tom is working on another sculpt that, well, we'll talk about here on the show when we talk about a particular Vincent Price movie that he talked about last week on the show. So we'll get to that. But Larry C., congratulations. I will get this bust in the mail to you soon. However, on a personal note, I'm about to have some surgery and it might keep me from the post office. So just so you know, and actually this is a good time to bring this up here on monster kid radio. I have to have my gallbladder removed uh, next week. So there might be some slight hiccups in the monster kid radio schedule. Stay tuned. If an episode doesn't come out as expected, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just that I didn't get something put out because I was busy having a trocar shoved into my stomach and a shop vac hooked up to it to suck out this gallbladder. So keep listening. There will be some episodes of Monster Kid Radio down the line. I do know that we've got at least one episode contributed by Monster Kid Radio guests Scott and Tracy Morris from Disney Indiana. They've got something special that I'll put into the feed down the line when I need to. So stay tuned. The song that we're going to go out on is the song that we came in on, Christopher's Galaxy, from the new album from Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpion. The album is called Blood Drinkers Only. The album is available through their Bandcamp page, which is at ghostscorpion.bandcamp.com. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the bits of soundtrack that we played from the Ghost of Mr. Chicken for review purposes only, as well as the song that we played from YouTube. You can head to our website to see the link to that. And of course, that also applies to the song which appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio by permission of the band. See you next time. (laughs) 